Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network and this is the 23rd episode of the podcast on February 9th, 2013. Well, I turned 25 yesterday and... Car rentals. Yeah, that's about it. And quarter (laughs) of the century. That's not bad either. Uh, but then my Michigan basketball team poised with a win to take back the number one seed after losing to Indiana, loses a heartbreaker of a game to Wisconsin just before this episode. You know, a half-court tying shot, three-pointer, and sending it to overtime, and then you miss every shot imaginable, like Mitch McGarry on a breakaway, and he doesn't dunk it, but misses a layup. So, not a... Great mood for this podcast. You know, it was the first episode of after our you know biweekly, you know every two weeks break. Uh, Joel, how have you been these past couple weeks? Oh, pretty good. Um, speaking of basketball, I got to see Kansas play in oh, person because yeah. they, they yeah. And you here. call them the number one team on Facebook. I'm like objection. Not maybe in the coaches poll, but not what matters. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean they. Yeah, that time when the, that night that they came into play, and one of the polls they were number one, not and, the most important one. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. But what I what I'm saying is like you know what we talked about earlier with them is how we kind of thought they had the easiest path to right. to to keeping at least a, like a a one seed in the tournament, and lately. Um, they like what well, I think they're on a two game losing streak. And they lost to TCU, and that yeah. was like by some numbers with RPI and everything, you know, the biggest upset in 20 years. Yeah, because TCU had yet to win a conference game. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, then, you know, then Bill Self said, like, that's the worst Kansas basketball team that's ever been on the floor back to you know, Dr. Naismith. Like, overreaction much. Yeah, he's kind of crazy. Um, but you know, uh, I, as far as the other team they lost to, Oklahoma State's really good. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think they're going to upset some people people in the tournament uh, because I don't think they'll get nearly as high of a seed as they probably will deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like they're just like the one guy can just shoot. I mean, he was hitting everything the other night, um, and uh, they have another guy who. I remember when we played him, we left him open, and he, I think, was like six of eight from three point land. I, I don't know. It was um, well, they got a lot of good shooters. I say, well, as Blaine says in Pokemon Puzzle League, when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> so that about does it. Well, the red zone here is where we talk about the three biggest sports stories in the past couple weeks, and you know, we make a play on it and give a little predictive element to it. We start with. Ryan Braun, who was a couple of years ago the National League MVP. Oh no, it turns out he may have been you know, testing positive for steroids or HGH or elevated testosterone or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But then he appealed the process and then they decided that, oh, the sample might not have been handled properly. So the accusation was revoked. He had to keep. 
his MVP uh, award. Well, now you have this Miami PED list that comes out <clears throat> of you know a company that is uh, Miami-based anti-aging clinic uh, led by Anthony Bosch. And Ryan Braun admits to a business relationship with Anthony Bosch. Um, you know, other players on this list do include uh, Alex Rodriguez and other players who have been, you know, assumed guilty of using PDs. Melky Cabrera, uh, Francisco Cervelli, Danny Valencia. Last couple names they're not too familiar, but you know, Cabre- Melky Cabrera last year, you know, suspended 50 games. Um, you know, Alex Rodriguez, you know, had some issues with that as well. And uh, it's not looking particularly good for Ryan Braun, but there's a catch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of uh, kind of interesting. I, when, you, when you first look at it, it looks bad. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks really bad from anytime somebody has a some type of former relationship with somebody, whether it be business, friends, something like that, and... You know they're kind of uh, responsible for the like, you know they're part of the appeal process. Um, you know, like at least helping out with it. That's it looks bad. Um, and I like I I'm trying to think when I heard something about it the first time. Um, I think it was when he was actually trying to get the appeal. Mm-hmm. Um. And I didn't really just think much of it because I was like, oh, well, um, oh, another, it's like another person is trying to, you know, dodge the truth or whatever. <laughs> yeah. To do, yeah, I was like, wow, you know, uh, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, it seems to happen all the time. And then when I went through, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's, I guess everything's okay there. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> it was like the first time it happened that way. And then, um, well, basically the business, you know, relationship there was supposedly to help strengthen his appeal case and oh yeah ultimately that did not make a difference at all like the, mm. the factor that they found was irrelevant to trying to make that you know relationship between Bosch and Braun stronger yeah um, had no reason there at all but then you have apparently according to Yahoo Sports I think it was there are other documents that say like other players want to get off you know the, the Ryan Braun way mm-hmm and uh, that's not good when your name is being used <laughs> like that. Um, the main thing that he's trying to you know, defend, uh, you know, to his defense here, is that his name is listed with these other players um, with you know a money amount, but while other players may have actual substances listed next to them, Braun does not, just mm-hmm. the money figure. And yeah, the- he's trying to say that that is for, you know, the... The help, the advice, all that stuff. Nothing for actual substances. I'm not sure if that's just a convenient excuse or or what. Was it the twenty to thirty k? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's a little money. It's. I mean, if if it didn't ultimately help, that is a lot of money, and that just seems very suspicious. Mm. Um, considering like he is the first player to win that kind of appeal and he had won the MVP award the previous year when he was you know accused here uh, it's it's really sketchy and I just I wish baseball would get over themselves and stop trying to make a big deal out of this especially when you see 
you know, a sport like football, I'm sure steroids are quite rampant rampant in football, but they don't care because they make so much money. And they're like, oh, well, that's okay. Baseball during the late 90s was making so much money off of the Maguire-Sosa thing. And now because that kind of popularity has waned, how chicks dig the long ball and all that, that kind of has gone under the rug. They're trying to make this a problem when I think most sports fans, maybe like, you know, some of the older sports fans out there who, you know, likes the game here and all that and the nostalgia for it. I think sports fans today don't care. They just want the entertainment. Oh, yeah. And if, you know, whatever will give them the best entertainment, go for that. Um, so I think, you know, for things like the baseball writers, especially when they, they act pettily to, you know, oh, Barry Bonds, uh, for the first time, Hall of Fame ballot. And that's a whole other thing. They, they're really picky about the, the first time ballot winner. <laughs> 36% of the vote to have Barry Bonds. Uh, like that's That kind of stuff's crazy. And as someone who's played baseball for years and years, that, that bothers me. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather this be a non-story, but it was an important thing that happened these past oh, yeah. weeks. Um, it's just, you know, you have a lot more journalists, uh, people digging into stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now because there are so many more jobs in the, I mean, there's like a whole, like, there's a whole group of people that do like the entertainment stuff and there's a whole p- bunch of people that do investigative journalism. Um, it's like almost separate. Um, yeah. But for, you know, for companies that aren't that big, I mean, it takes, yeah. a dead, it takes a dead spin to break the Manti Teo story. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, oh, Renaya Tuyasa Sopo is a guy who fell in love with Manti Teo and could somehow <laughs> like that story has kind of dropped off the map recently yeah and because it, it, I think it just got too it'll weird you come back up a little bizarre. during the draft I'm sure right during the draft and when they put out the book to try to make more money off it we know oh, yeah. was, of course um let's make the play here though does Braun ultimately clear his name of any suspicion uh, I mean I don't know how you can completely clear your name of suspicion I mean unless it's like under the official eye of the MLB, I, like like I, I think that you're all people are always going to be a little bit suspicious. So I don't know if it's just you know maybe officially clear his name he could, um, but I think that people are always going to be suspicious when somebody's name is mentioned with drugs. So like I, I'd say like maybe. You know, they, he might get things all worked out with the MLB because he'll just maybe keep throwing money at it. <laughs> so, maybe. Until it goes away, but um, just keep paying fines, blah, blah, blah. But um, I, I think, like, you know, the fans and stuff probably be suspicious because you're always going to, like, I mean, think about it. Like, he, he keeps paying the money. There's going to be journalists investigating, like, what he's doing all the time now. They're going to be just on him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much it's going to be pursued, um, but I'll make a prediction that Ryan Braun has a down year, and that mm-hmm. causes this to come back up. Oh, um, wouldn't be surprising. That's kind of sometimes the way the sports world works. You look at you know current results and whether it's a fair you know assumption to make or not. You kind of draw these conclusions. So yeah, um, I think. 
I think it's a weak excuse, and I think something is going to catch up to him. Uh, I don't know how you get away with something like that. You you could almost say the exact opposite in a way too. Like if he has a really good year, mm-hmm. um, you know, you take like you take like the Ravens for example this year in in football. Yeah. You know, they get to the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, a lot of Ray Lewis's past is drug up. I guess so. That's that's a possible too. I was thinking more of the the logic that it's you know focusing on his past use and if he did mm-hmm. before and like the money that had already changed hands, um, and if you know he had the good numbers that took a slide. I mean, anything is possible. I, yeah. I just think that you're right. I think some of the journalism that's currently out there in the world, not by you know major sources like ESPN, but something I think will come up. And hmm. I, I don't think this will be the last time we talk about it this year, unfortunately, mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. In college football at the 10-yard line here, National Signing Day came and went on the 6th. Uh, look who's at the top of the class. It's Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Roll Tide and, and all, all this stuff. They apparently were at the 2 slot and you know bumped up and Florida took a slide down to 2. You have mm-hmm. Ohio State, Urban Meyer doing some fine recruiting there at number three, and Notre Dame at number four with after that big year. At mm-hmm. number five is the big story of the, the whole college football signing day, though, because Ole Miss goes from number 12 in the rankings mm-hmm. to number five. Um, and I just realized that this link here is a lot of, you know, insider stuff. But they get the, the top overall recruit. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Camdici, who is a defensive end, yeah. uh, they were thinking that he would maybe go to LSU. Like he was down with Shaq in LSU, trying to get him recruit to go down there because you know Shaquille O'Neal used to go to LSU. But apparently, his brother is a linebacker at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. so the the family ties really helped with that. Then they got the top wide receiver. Yeah. Um, really strong class overall makes him jump you know seven spots, and that's. That was really surprising. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of times when you look at this, it's uh, it 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 doesn't really mean as much for the upcoming year, um, because there's you know some of these guys will get redshirted, mm-hmm. and um, some you know freshmen they don't play nearly as much. Um, I mean, sometimes they're prepared. Other times, you I mean, you could be like one of the best players and and high school and coming to college and really need to sit a year mm-hmm. just because it's kind of a different level and you know especially considering who they're going to be playing every single week in the sec um it's it, they have a tough schedule they do they do every year and um so i think maybe like in two years three years you'll you'll notice it a lot more mm-hmm. yeah. um well, especially but, you if know, they continue to recruit. Yeah, I mean, good for them. You know, I mean, they've obviously just, I mean, compared to the big schools there, they just struggle. They, I mean, they can't really compete with them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what's I'm trying to think. No, it was it was the other. It was Mississippi State who was undefeated and then yeah, just that's got right. killed. That's right. yep. So, um, you know, they've still got to compete with you know their rivals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least they're doing better than them in recruiting. Um, and, uh, they're you know, they're stealing some players from the bigger schools. Um, there's, and I was, just, right. there's a lot of players out there. 
Of I'm course. Being... Obviously, you know, recruiting isn't like the end all be all. Uh-uh. Um, it definitely takes the right players. You got to fit the right system. You're a good coach, and sometimes it does take a little bit of luck. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think it's vastly overrated. I I do agree. It's oh yeah, very overrated. But it's something to look at if you're a football fan in particular, because um, it it does have an impact. Like, to at least you know know the names that you know, you'll be hearing in the long run. Like you know, for me personally, you know, number six is Michigan. Yeah, and that's that's you know, surprising to me. That you know, but at the same time, you know, it is a strong program. But I you know now I know names like you know Shane Morris, who is going to be bred as the quarterback of the future there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, left-handed quarterback, of all things. It's really, I'm pretty sure he's left-handed. I don't know. Uh, and then you have Derek Green, which is like the first you know, ESPNU 150 uh, running back that they've drafted in years. Mm-hmm. Or not drafted. What am I talking about? Uh, recruited. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's from money. Virginia. He's from Virginia. I he was like a scholarship. It's money. Yeah, and he was one of the top <laughs> few running backs. Um, so that's you know, going to be a name to know, Derek Green. Yeah. Um, at seven, you have LSU, eight, Texas A&M, nine, Florida State, and ten, Georgia. That's six teams in the top ten going to the SEC. And the SEC you know, continued pretty strongly. I mean, just looking at this list, jumps out at me, number 22, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Like Vanderbilt in the SEC, not the strongest football program, but apparently getting it done when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, I know, uh, what is it? Um, like, you look at where Oregon is. They they oh, like yeah. had a lot of people leave that were gonna go there. Oh, yeah. Like I, I I think we got one of their wide receivers. Um so like it, it I mean it does really have to do with and it's kinda I mean it's really important um to follow up follow up with those scholarships for whoever the incoming coach is if your coach is leaving. Mm-hmm. Because it, again, I don't really think it has much to do with that year except for depth because sometimes you get injuries and you know freshmen have to play i mm-hmm. mean they absolutely have to play um but a lot of times you know that's more of a that's going to hurt you a lot more in two years or three years usually you know if you don't pick up as many like you see uh usc they only got 13 mm-hmm. recruits well um, they are they might be hampered still by some of those are they actually still I'm not. I don't think they are for postseason ban, but maybe some of the scholarships okay. held there. But I, I wasn't sure, and that's why I was wondering. But like, notice how they're still pretty high. Mm-hmm. That means that a lot of those guys are like, I guess, supposed yeah. to be rated five star by so many site websites or whatever. Right. But UCLA out recruits them. That's incredible. Well, um, yeah. I mean, he's. He's doing a lot better. He's getting a lot of their recruits specifically. I remember somebody talking about that the other day. Um, that he's stealing a lot of the recruits that would go there. You know, a lot of the local um, people out west. Right. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's always interesting to look at. Like, you know, a lot of times when I look at SEC schools, I like I'll, I'll look at. Um, SEC schools and ACC schools that overlap in area and then the local talent that's there and then who got the best players there. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I like to look at because I think it's more about, you know, like obviously where I live, like we don't get much like in-state talent, mm-hmm. at least like high level in-state talent because the schools are smaller. Um, like AAA is the highest that they go here and mm-hmm. Texas it's like five or six a i don't even know what it's at now so you obviously the talent level is going to be different from what you get so 
generally we would usually recruit a lot of our players from Florida. Um, and I think maybe yeah, this year's a hotbed, yeah. the first year that we um, don't really have nearly as many kids from Florida. Like we're getting a lot more from the DC metro area in Ohio. Well, I'm looking at Florida. You've got Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Yeah, Florida. I mean, obviously you got those people. You everybody's going to Florida to recruit because there's a lot of talent there. It's like everybody's looking at something in Texas. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of people recruit Pennsylvania, like from all over the place, mm-hmm. just because. Um, I don't. I guess that there's usually a good amount of talent there, um, and then, uh, um, you know, it's a lot of the bigger states too. Um, usually, not the ones that are bigger. You know, out in the Midwest, like you know, in the middle of the country, because those are those aren't those aren't as populated areas. So the schools are smaller. Usually that's how that works. Usually it's like the big schools. That's where you're going to usually see the five-star players coming from. Yeah. Uh, you've got West Virginia at 32. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting list uh, for you know, the ESPN list of top recruiting class for recruiting nation. Um, again, like it's going to really translate out into how it can be sustained over the next few years and how those players fit in the system. Yeah. Let's make the play here, though. How many wins does Ole Miss get next year? I kind of, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I, I, I almost wanted to look and see what they returned because they, that, I mean, that impacts anything more because, uh, it, it, first off, it determines how many of these players have to play. Right. Because I mean, there's never really a situation where you're like, oh, well, we got to put that freshman out there right away. That's really not what these coaches are thinking whenever they're <laughs> getting these players. Like, they don't want to throw them out there right away. I mean, they want to work them into the lineup. So usually when there's like a freshman quarterback out there playing, that's not really what they wanted. <laughs> mm. um, sure, he might be extremely talented, and everything, but that's usually not their first choice because game experience in college is more important than, and I think anything else than natural talent or anything like that. So that's usually why you would see like you know a, you'd see like a junior running back starting, even though that freshman kid is twice as fast as him, but mm-hmm. you know the, the kid is starting will hold on to the ball, <laughs> you know. Right. So. uh I don't know. At least from let's see, what was the record last seven year? Seven and six. Seven and six. I'm gonna say they repeat that. I mean, the SEC isn't, you know, getting any worse really. Um, so I think whatever, you know, improvements that Ole Miss may make, uh, the SEC is just really strong. This year. I think it also it may depend on their schedule next year. Yeah, like uh, I, I was just I was just trying to think of who they play out of conference because. Um, well, generally, year, it starts with who you beat out of conference. But last year it was Central Arkansas, UTEP, Tulane, and then Pitts. Well, Pittsburgh was the bowl game. Uh-huh. All right, um, that was it out of conference. Oh, then Texas is technically out of conference. So yeah, they, they got drubbed in that one. Yeah. Um. So did they have to go to Texas this year. Because mm, I know yeah because it was yeah Texas was on the road at. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, I say they probably lose that game. Yeah. 
Um, if, if they play him again, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Probably, probably just barely making a bowl game again. Yeah. So probably just over five hundred. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I agree with you. The point is, you know, recruiting isn't an easy fix. Oh no. I mean, what? What you've seen Alabama in the top five of the past, you know, for five years, mm-hmm. and that's the reason they're up there right now again. Same time, and, you know, Michigan's kind of been up in the top ten the last while, and oh no, you, I mean, well, you but... work your way up consistently, I think, because and then that is supposed to eventually result in better records over you know over the years. Mm-hmm. And conference titles and so any any kind of thing where you can get your school recognition, obviously, is to attract those players. I mean, that's that's part of the thing in recruiting. Your on-field success has a lot of, to do with that. And then every once in a while, you'll see teams who haven't really been doing well jump up there, and it's just because the coaches worked their butts off in recruiting that year. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, like Old Miss on the field. I don't know how much of an improvement that was compared to the year before, but it, I mean, it really takes a while. I don't think you can just, it's, it's really hard to just go in and be successful right away. Some coaches can do it. Um, they can just kind of take what they have there and, and do really well. But it's, I, I think you, you kind of got to get your players because that's what recruiting is. You're getting the players that you think fit your system the best. They might not be the best players available, you you see a lot of the schools that are highly ranked during the season, their commit list is high. What they're doing, like I know what Florida State does, is during the season they just recruit all the highest players they can. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time, they start cutting kids from that list and they look at more what they need. Right. So they have a lot of leftover. And so it's it's kind of just who you get on early. Like if you can get on a kid early, you know, over a couple of years, try and get him committed in his junior year of high school, that kind of thing, then um, it really does make a difference. I mean, and, and the other thing is these kids are really young. Um, they don't really know what, I mean, some of them, you know, are actually thinking about like the d- degrees of the programs are at these schools because they want to get a job eventually, you know, they're like football isn't everything to them some of them it is some of them think they're gonna be in the nfl but um like i I think that um i don't think all of them make really the best decisions whenever it comes to this because you know wherever they're going they're getting a free education Mm -hmm. so they're not really thinking about they're probably not thinking about the education part in the whole process so well, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops, that's for sure. The five-yard line, we mentioned it you know, before it happened last episode. The Super Bowl happened. Um, that was, <laughs> it was quite the game, let's say that. You know, Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, the two teams I had predicted mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. Uh, the results, not the same. Not the same. Uh, you had the Ravens start out... With a twenty-one to six lead, actually twenty-one to three, and then you know San Francisco made it six going into halftime, and Beyonce did her thing, you know, brought back Destiny's Child and all that with some 
crazy visual effects, I guess you can say. She she f- f- flipped the switch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> as uh, as one '90s group, I think it was LFO would say, "Baby, when the lights go out." Yes, that that reference just happened. <laughs> there was a power outage at the Super Bowl for 34 minutes, and I must say, Twitter was fantastic. <laughs> During this time, um, you know, from references like Beyonce did it to, did anyone expect Team Rocket to start <laughs> reading their motto? Um, yeah, it, it was, that was uh, unexpected. There's so, so many cool. like musical references, like uh, talking about how they needed to put certain bands out there <laughs> to yeah. get the lights back on. Yeah. To turn it on to. Well, I don't know. Just uh, uh, I don't know what. Okay, what did you think of the um, the stalling, the coverage? Um, oh well, I mean it was well, well done on CBS's part, absolutely, because you lost your main talent in Jim Nance and Phil Sims, mm-hmm. and that was part of their electrical issues. You know, the camera, the microphones, all that. And they didn't go off the air. Um, yeah. yeah, that causes issues certainly for advertising because that creates more time than planned. You know, all they you made a statement after that all of the uh, advertisers got you know what they they paid, like all the commercials got out as planned. But uh, that was that was unexpected, I'm sure, for them as well. And I think yeah. they handled it very well. They could have just gone like boop off the air, and people would have been pissed then but oh no yeah for... but i like i was just kind of i i thought some of uh what like when they were talking was really funny well i, didn't, <laughs> like, I wasn't like, paying attention by that point i was focusing more on shannon Sharp. twitter feeds oh my god what was he saying <laughs> he just like you do not just put him in front of the camera let him talk. <laughs> like the guy it was like he was having like a like a stroke in the television. Uh, hey, boom. I don't know what's going on, but I want Beyonce going back out there. Like, and no. Shaking yes. up Bootylicious. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's pretty much what it was like. I mean, he was, like, talking about how it was a conspiracy theory. Oh, God. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, oh, man. Like, I really... I, I don't think I recorded it, but I was like, somebody could just make, like, a... I feel like if somebody just recorded everything he says all the time yeah. and made it into like a composition compl- would be awesome. Well, and and this, this was after Baltimore took the kickoff to start the second half back for another touchdown. We had 28-6. Oh, yeah. So tempted to turn off the TV and then San Francisco makes a game of it. Oh, like, you know, just like their, what, their last game? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. With Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they you know, it was kinda like it was kinda like the um the Seahawks and the Falcons too. Mm. Um just I mean storming back. Uh you know you you got you got a kid who's playing in his first Super Bowl ever, mm-hmm. only his what, like third playoff game. Um just took over. Yeah, tenth start. Period. Yeah, Kaepernick just 
was Kaepernicking all over the. I don't. <laughs> I, I, San Francisco had problems scoring in the red zone. Uh, they had a lot of difficulty there. There were some questionable holding calls at the end of the game, but basically they were within two points. You know, had a two-point conversion to tie the game. Did not make it happen. A brilliant decision by you know, John Harbaugh to have his punter stall for time at the end of the game. Totally took the 49ers off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, stall for time, took a safety, and then you basically had to try a, like a miracle punt return to get it ha- you know, going, and that didn't work. Um, Joe Flacco throughout the playoffs, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Contract year, dude is going to get paid. Oh, I yeah. don't think he's elite because you have quarterbacks over the years like Trent Dilfer, one of oh, yeah. not elite. Um, he's a very good quarterback. I'm not going to deny what he did. Dude's going to get paid, though. Like, oh, yeah. Big I money mean, coming his way. He played a lot better than anyone thought he would. Um, but I still think that uh, the reason that team was where they were at that point was because their defense was just playing probably as well as the people that were on the field on that defense could play. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could have played any better. It still was an offensive game. Yeah, I, I not, just not think... Like, oh, that, that was offensive. It was just a lot of offense in that game. I, yeah, I just I just think that... Uh, and I... What, I feel like that defense is just... You know, you're, you're losing your leader. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's finished. Yeah. I, I think that they need to draft heavily in defense oh, yeah. this year. Um, because... Yeah, you're not guaranteed to keep Ed Reed either. Yeah. Uh, when did they... I would, I was wondering about Anquan Bolden. Oh, yeah. Because he, he's probably he, gone too. Yeah, I mean, he probably couldn't have played any better in the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. it seemed like every time um, he needed to catch the ball, he caught it, no matter what. Like, ridiculous catches. Um, I, in some, He's going to get paid a lot of money by somebody. Yeah. So, um... You know, the Ravens made the plays when they had to. I mean, the Jacoby Jones catch and, you know, spin, fall, spin, you know, that was quite the play, the, his 56-yard touchdown. And really, I don't know. I thought, like, besides, there were two plays that I, re- like, really questioned the officials. But besides that, I thought it was pretty well officiated uh, um, because, you, you know, it's a Super Bowl, so it's magnified, you know, like 10 times. Mm-hmm by whatever whatever happens in the game and they were unfortunately one of those plays was really you know really close to the end of the game and so you know it that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth but that's you know that seems like it's always going to happen yeah. some i as, there was like a really funny tweet like right after the game someone was like oh the super bowl ended or the season ended just like it started with bad officiating huh. i was like yeah. it's not as bad as it was oh no um and like I, I can you even imagine if we had had those replacement refs for the playoffs? No. <laughs> like, I just I can't even. Oh, <laughs> that, that's like all my, you have to say. I, I can't bad, even. <laughs> bad dreams. Yeah. Uh, I thought I would make mention of you know I had my Super Bowl party that mm-hmm. my brother and I put on, and not only do we have you know good food and all that stuff. We do a prop bet game, so I wanted to at least write down or you know speak for posterity's sake when I'm creating this next year, or if you want to uh, do something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to write down the kinds of questions we included this year, Ooh. and just you know for some 
thoughts for this year, uh, how it turned out this year, thoughts how you can change it for next year. Anyway, 31 questions that you know, are either yes, no, over, under, or you have specific choices. Uh, all of them are worth one point except for the last four questions, which mm-hmm. are two, 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 and five, respectively. And then you can do like a little squares game on the back for bonus points. Uh, you can do, you know, two, po- you know, the squares with the different digits across the top, you know, 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. People, you know, initial uh, in certain spaces, and then you determine the order of the numbers. Uh, at the you know, fir- end of the first quarter, person gets two points, halftime, three points, third quarter, two points, and final score, five points, just to add a little, you know, some bonus points in there. Anyway, will Alicia Keys add or omit a national anthem word? Uh, you know, add your know, whoever sings the national anthem. She did. Uh-huh. She added an extra iteration of one of the words and then did her own little thing at the end, which was kind of weird. Um, and for a lot of these, you kind of have to check the values on uh, the different you know, prop bet sites. You know, a lot of people post you know, their own little prop bet things. Like, for example, how long will the national anthem be? Uh, this, in this particular instance, over or under 2 minutes 15 seconds. It was over. It was like 2.32 uh, but you know those values can change uh, per year depending on the singer. So if you use some of these ones, you know, you just have to make sure it's updated here. Uh, which team wins the coin toss? Baltimore did. Mm-hmm. Which Harbaugh will be shown on camera first after kickoff? Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh? This is a very specific one with the brothers mm-hmm. uh, as the coaches. It was Jim Harbaugh first, and it was actually later in the game than uh, expected originally. Will the first play be a run or a pass? It was a pass. Yeah. The first commercial after the kickoff. Is it a car commercial, a beer commercial, or other? Beer. Yeah. Um, Which team scores first? Baltimore did. Will the first score be a touchdown? This year it was. Which player scores first? And this one's actually three points because if you get to name the player that scores first, uh, sometimes it's easier to just bet on the kicker. Uh, but this year is Anquan Bolden who got the first touchdown. Yeah. Uh, will the team that scores first win the game this year? Yes, they did. Which team gets the first penalty? This year was San Francisco on that illegal procedure penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, the first pass, the twenty-yard game, and that was just the the first of a series of blunders all night. Which team commits the first turnover? That is, which team turns the ball over, gives up the ball? Which mm-hmm. team goofs? That was San Francisco on the Michael James fumble. Which team makes the first coach's challenge? That was San Francisco as well. Mm-hmm. Will a roughing the passer penalty be called? Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, this one was particular to me because the first ad of halftime, after, you know, CBS is like, and that's halftime, we'll be black back, and we'll be black. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Shop. You know, see, uh, whoever said, you know, we'll be back, this is halftime. The first ad of halftime, will it be Chrysler's ad? Because you know Chrysler was being very secretive about their ad, and even to the point that those of us working in their communications and PR department had no idea. We were not told anything. So mm-hmm. it was not. Um, it was after Beyonce's show, and then they had one in the fourth quarter. Uh, after Beyonce was the Jeep, uh, Hole Again, and then Ram Trucks uh, Farmer ad was in the fourth quarter. Both Farmers that hard. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Ads that were positively received. So that was interesting to start to the work week for sure. 
Uh, will Beyonce's hair be straight or crimped slash curled? <laughs> uh, it was crimped slash curled. Uh, will Jay-Z appear on stage with Beyonce? He did not. So some of these you know, entertainment ones are very specific to the actual act performing. Yeah. Will Alex Smith take a snap at quarterback for San Francisco? He did not. Will there be a second half lead change? There was not. Nope. Will the score be tied at any point after 0-0? Zero, zero? No. Mm-hmm. Who ends up with more rush yards? Colin Kaepernick or Ray Rice? Colin Kaepernick ended up with more rush yards. It was close. It was like 62-57 to 57 or something like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> does Frank Gore end up with more than six fantasy points if 10 yards equals a point and touchdown equals six points? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, but yeah. the relevance to that question is Frank Gore apparently scored a six on the Wonderlick test when he was uh, coming out for the draft. Oh, okay. So if he got more than six fantasy points, he beat his Wonderlick score. Well, did he just, like, sleep hmm? through it? Did he just sleep through it? I don't know. Or he's just not that smart. Uh, how many times is the game referred to as a brother pun? Be it, you know, the Harbaugh, the Super Bowl, the Harbaugh Bowl, something like that. Over or under? Over under two and a half times. It was under. How many times would an old Harbaugh family photo be shown? Like, number of actual pictures. Oh. Over or under four and a half. Under. Yeah. How many plugs for, uh, you know, by the announcers for CBS's elementary coming up right after the game? Over, <laughs> under six and a half. That was under as well. Um, I gotta say, you know, the announcing team of Jim Nance and Phil Sims really did the opposite of what a lot of people thought it was going to be. Like, oh, all the brothers and all that. Like, the director of the show, like, just kind of kept that away, except for like one split screen where like showed them both like hands on the knees and all that. But you know, a lot of the typical things you expect, they, they didn't really do that this year. So I guess kudos to them. Yeah. Will Ray Lewis have an emotional moment on camera? Yes, he did. <laughs> I think yeah, everyone in our party said yes, he would. <laughs> uh, will the game end with a kneel down? It did not. Um, okay, here we go. So these, this is two points. How many total points will be scored? The over-under for total points. This one was over-under 55 and a half. It was over. Oh. It was over. Which team wins the game? Baltimore did. Uh, what color will the dumped Gatorade be? There was no dumped Gatorade shown no. on TV. I didn't See. So no. Nobody... Do you see photos anywhere? Oh, I mean, it's got to be a make the call there. Uh, so uh... No, one, no one got points for that. We had varieties from you know red, yellow, blue, orange. I thought it was gonna be like Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, red. <laughs> <laughs> and who wins most valuable player? Uh, person who came late to the party got it right with Joe Flacco. I thought it was gonna be Vernon Davis. That one's a five pointer. If you oh man. It should have been. It totally should have been. I would have gotten all those points. But I throw the ball every time. <laughs> that was our prop bet game. I'm going to be doing something like that next year, but hopefully you can as well. It's a it's a fun little thing to do if you have a party that you're hosting and to keep everyone engaged. You have questions about commercials and the entertainment, yeah. so it's not all about the football. Did 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 you have a favorite commercial besides the the ones that 
Well, I'm very partial to the ones for the company that I work for and had to you know, deal with and read reactions of for the most of the week before I went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did I have a favorite commercial otherwise? I kind of liked the one that was the Audi commercial. Yeah. With the kid who you know, takes the car out of the prop yeah. and all that. That was an that interesting was one. Uh, was it your least favorite then? Least favorite. There were a lot of bad ones. Um, I think up there is the Bar Raffaele and Jamie... Hyman, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. That might not be his name. The uh, the extra who's portrayed Jelly. I see him on uh, Chuck and yeah. other shows as the the nerd character with these larger and his curly <laughs> hair and glasses. Um, never really ever speaks, but was... the uncomfortableness <laughs> of just the noises. It wasn't the whole thing like, oh, she's hot. He's not. It was. The noises, and I guess it did get people talking, which is the point. But man, that that commercial was well. Yeah, I think I think people were. I don't know if anyone was like upset about it. it was probably people saying like, oh, well, they're you know being stereotypical. Yeah. Blah blah. blah. Um, but like, um, I think it just kind of made me feel sick. <laughs> like, uh. like I was eating something. Whenever 45 I takes. saw that, and I was like, takes. I was like, you don't need to like zoom in on that. Like, I don't know. It's just like it was. It was also the sound. Bad kissing. Like, no one wants to see that. Well, and that was the tame version. They apparently had more French kissing in the unrated version. But yeah, 45 takes, and yeah, it was just the amplified sound. I, it just made me like not want to be ever associated with anything good, Daddy. Like they yeah. did the exact opposite. So, um. I don't know. I really like the one Oreo commercial in the library. Oh, that was a good one too. Yeah. Um, just because I think it's more to do with the fact that I like Oreos. Oreos and, are great. Good and stuff. secondly, when I'm in the library, like I just cannot like I can't take it when people are be like talking really loud. <laughs> like I'm like that is not the reason that you come here. Like. People come in like these big study groups and like they don't go in the just the, just the don't just study. don't they, make a YouTube video. Or you're at a hot blonde girl at UCLA. She's not really that hot, but I just wanted to make a point. Uh, we're talking about oh the Asians in the library. Oh, oh I'm the, not the, gonna repeat what she said because yeah. that whole the, thing. there is this one Asian girl who apparently steals people's books. Um, and mm. I guess resells them because she has to borrow them. And I'm like, why? Like, why would you let a stranger borrow your book? Like, well, back just... back to Super Bowl commercials. Okay. The, the Budweiser Black Crown or mm-hmm. Crown Black. Uh, ugh, those are bad. I don't, there's this one guy on Twitter who's like, "Oh, I can't wait to taste it." I'm like, "No, taste like stay shit. away from it." <laughs> Yeah, because Budweiser is a good one for a lager. Uh, uh. Yeah, I know. Um, gosh, what else? I know, people were liking the Taco Bell old person commercial. I wasn't oh, really yeah. on that one. Um, so, didn't Doritos do a weird one with like a goat or something? Yeah, I just saw it earlier today. And like, oh, that's it's creepy. It yeah, makes, it was like it makes noises like a goat does not make. Yeah, and. Then, and- you also had the drag, uh, the you know, dressing in drag, one. I, was like, I did like the team one for Hyundai. Yeah. 
uh, like the you know, little football team. Oh yeah, kids. yeah, that was pretty good. That was a good idea. Um, I don't know. Like it was like I know everyone says it's an off year or whatever every year, but meh, they are what they. I are. don't know. It's just kind of like some. I don't know. They, they they put a lot of money and thought into these things, and then the, the way that some of them turn out, it's just kind of like, what? like who was like, yes, I okay this. Like, yeah. I don't. I mean, you you gotta you're trying to make your your company look more attractive to the consumer, and like I understand you you want to be sometimes you want to be funny at the same time, but they just turn out weird. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. So let's make the play here, bring it back to football. Who wins next year's Super Bowl? I know it's way too early to tell, but if we get it right, say we were there. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that probably the, the two teams that at least have the highest odds favor right now are Probably the Patriots and the Niners, I'd say. I wouldn't be surprised, at least, if those two teams were, you know, like in Vegas, if people are already betting on them. Um, and then Denver's probably up there again yeah. because, you know, you've got to think that, you know, at least going into the playoffs, they were probably the favorite next oh, yeah. Patriots. Yeah. They were up there. Um, and then, you know, I think the Niners thing is all based on Colin Kaepernick is only going to get better. And they still have a lot of really good players on defense. Um, and, I mean, they'll, they'll probably go out and get another big-time receiver, I'd say. Hmm. Um, and then you've probably got, you know, at least going into the next year, the best receiving tight end there is. Um so that would be interesting. I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do in the draft. Um, and then, you know, the Patriots are always going to be there as long as Tom Brady's there. Um, and you got to think if they get a better defense, they'll be a lot harder to beat. Um, I just got to make a I, call. I make a call. I, I'm going to go with – I'm just going to go with the Patriots and the uh, Niners there. I'd like wins, to, though, I'd like, I'd really like to see Denver and San Francisco, but I think it's going to be for the Patriots. Um, I, I think, uh, I think the Niners going to win. All right. I'm going to go with Denver winning the AFC mm-hmm. and Seattle winning the NFC. I've got Seattle winning the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. Because um, you got to think that they were, you know, a stop at least a stop away from going to the NFC mm-hmm. championship game. So, um, and but if that would be the case, then you know Peyton Manning is gonna win one in Denver because, like, apparently I can pick the two teams pretty well, but not the winner. <laughs> uh, well, you got the booth preview here. Like any games that are you know catching your eye in the upcoming weeks here? Um, it's kind of a slow thing. I mean, you got college basketball kind of ramping up. I know on the twelfth, Michigan, some hockey, and Michigan games. State. Oh yeah, hockey games. That's good too. 
Uh, Michigan, Michigan State is coming up on the 12th. So that would be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tuesday. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think where it's being played. But it's going to be a big one. It is... Oh, I clicked on the wrong Tuesday. It's at the Breslin Center at Michigan State. So that's going to oh, be a big game. Doesn't um, doesn't Ohio State play Indiana soon? I'm sure they do. Yeah, it's that's got to be coming up. Yeah, so that that's I mean that's a really important game as far as the conference goes. Yeah, Kansas State and Kansas on Monday. Yeah, Ohio State hosts mm-hmm. Indiana tomorrow Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, that is that's a big one. And yeah, I got to see the rankings because now we've got like. The top three teams lost. Indiana lost on that crazy buzzer beater to <laughs> Illinois that they just yeah. blew the coverage entirely. Um, you had Florida losing pretty solidly. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Michigan just you know took it hard. Uh, and that kind of half court shot on people. Duke's probably gonna be back at the top. That's ridiculous. Like <laughs> unbelievable, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is, just, this nobody is crazy wants season. it. Nobody nope. wants it. Well, hey, you got um, they'll they'll probably bump some Big East teams up in there. And Gonzaga yeah. is sitting here this week at number six, and it's like, do they leapfrog any of these other teams? Well, we played them, and they are really good. Like they just yeah. beat the crap out of us. Like, um, it, it's a strange season. It's going to be crazier come tournament time because there's no team like Kentucky. I'd I'd love to see Gonzaga be the one seed, the overall one seed. That'd be awesome. That'd be nuts, yeah. <laughs> like, um, I I think if they get a number one overall seed, the like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they make it all the way. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of like that matchup all the way through. Um, yeah, it it just seems like there's there's no team that's just taking control like um nobody looks really solid in every single game they play and usually you've got one or two teams that's just dominating everyone Mm -hmm. um so i I think it i think it makes you know a little more interesting tournament um you kind of look at who wins their their conference tournaments and then from there um i think it's going to be a lot harder for odds makers to pick Mm-hmm. those champions this year i think and you were mentioning the nhl chicago hasn't lost in regulation yet they're 9 and 2 um washington is 2 8 and 1 so mm-hmm. washington is struggling right now um yeah it's it's going to be a strange hockey season but man it's good it's back like it, it really really is great uh, my let's see. My friend went to Charlotte the other day, and he got to see the Lakers play at that at Charlotte. And uh, I guess they wanted to see Kobe. Um, and they're not doing too hot right now. Um, I think it was the Celtics just obliterated them. Oh yeah, because they've got what you've got your your starting center out. And then you've got um, Dwight Howard with a was a shoulder injury or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the team's a, a strange mess. And like Boston, good for them for you know pulling together some wins after Rondo's ACL they, injury might be a partial tear. Yeah. Um, yeah. My goodness. Um, let's see. I just think they have a really good coach. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that 
I mean, the way that some of those, those those guys are playing on that team, it's like they're going back three years in time. Like, oh man, I just read that Pistons center, their rookie they drafted in the first round, Andre Drummond, mm-hmm. gonna miss four to six weeks with a stress fracture in his back. Man, it's not like I care about the Pistons at all. Are they, they doing they, any they, better? No, they're doing better. Like they're, I would say like you know five or six games behind five hundred. Hmm. Um, but uh, they beat the Spurs yesterday, and the Spurs didn't have Duncan or Ginobili, but it broke uh, an eleven-game winning streak, whatever. But Drummond's one of their best players, and they got Jose Calderon. They finally dumped Tayshawn Prince, who was the last player from their two thousand four championship run. Hmm. Like everyone was just sick of him here. Detroit's in the uh, the tenth spot in the East right now, and like they are, you know, seven and a half games back of that eighth spot. But you yeah. know they're they're coming up on the All Star break, and LeBron James may or may not do the All Star the slam dunk contest. So we'll see how that goes. Um, wanted to point this out before we end the show here. You mentioned Anquan Bolden. Mm-hmm. This is apparently a story that was just posted right as we started our show on ESPN. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Anquan Bolden said he'll retire if he is released by the team in a salary cap (laughs) move. I won't play in another move, he told an interview Friday on NBC Sports Radio. We have a saying, once a Raven, always a Raven, and I'll always be a Raven. What? Who made that up? Who made that phrase? I guess it's something in the clubhouse. But you're asking about Anquan Bolden? He might retire if he's released. Oh, wow. 32 years old. Do you think there are some teams out there that will try and convince him otherwise with money? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> because he is... He made some fine catches in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's playing like he's young and again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Well, that does about... Uh, blah, 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 I can talk. That just about does it for Down the Sidelines this week. We're back in a couple weeks with some of these stories and more. With that, I'm Peter. I'm Joel. And we hope you enjoy the week in sports.